Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's our Friday show. <laughs> oh, we're getting a vocal this I am literally yeah, this afternoon. You didn't, Justin, you said last that's week. your first strike. Yes. <laughs> last week you didn't know the Friday song, so Justin is bringing it right yeah. to you. We'll, we'll he remembers you. everything. He's like an elephant. Thank you, you know, elephants have You're wonderful welcome. memories. Oh, really? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Which they makes do. me feel sad about what we do to them anyway. Well, we? I, I, I don't well, do a damn like thing sit, to an like, elephant. I don't know. I, I don't know why you... No. The only thing I did to an elephant was when I was younger, because my head didn't grow into my ears, people used to make fun of me and call me Dumbo. Oh, which always, oh. I, I wanted that to be my first tattoo. I wanted to get like a, a really cute tattoo of Dumbo. Because it remind yeah, it I would like remind that. me of Actually, it's I like, like that. It's really oh, so cute. that didn't hurt your feelings. Oh, and at that time it did. But, but like you were now, I'm like, it. yeah, I'm reclaiming it. Yeah, we we don't poach. We don't be killing elephants for <laughs> the only thing you poach is your eggs. Yeah, I do love a poached egg. <laughs> I do on some toast. Well, welcome back to the show. Yeah, Char Giselle is here on the third mic. That's the voice you hear. Always love having you on Fridays. Oh, it's been a wild Friday since we've been in the studio. It has. Yes. A lot goes on. How was your week? I mean, my week was great. I got to, uh, I went to the African American Film Critics Association, uh, well, Critics Awards, and I had fun. I interviewed Anjanou Ellis, Sherry Shepard, Aunt Viv. Uh, yep. Cassandra, the new Aunt Viv from, from Bel Air. I had a fun time. I had a really fun time. Uh, so I worked that on Wednesday night, I think. And I've just been moving some things around. You know me during the week. I got stuff going on. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I um, went to a restaurant that on the outside looks like a hardware store, but it's not a hardware it just, store. It just, it was. They took over the building, the well, Ryan, space of a hardware no, store. No, but if you, okay, this point. is how you, I have never, why I've never been. It's a hardware store on the outside. Why am I going into a hardware store? Welcome to are, LA. First of all, Ryan, <laughs> you are. One of the longest uh, transplants, transients here in Literally, LA. I've been here but for years. But you would years. think you just landed yesterday. I know. I mean, but that's what how we describe my social life. Because, I mean, I didn't, I really have one when I first moved here. I was just working because I was too poor. Yeah. I was poor too, but I was, but you know, I was also using my uh, feminine pride. I just say, you are a woman. (laughs) You could get a drink bought for you and you'll be fine. You're just more social now. Now, well, now. Because you're a boy. No, but but also, you have to have money to experience You do. In LA. Yeah, for sure. You got to have money to, you got to make money to have money to spend money. Yeah. To earn money. But I would not, I will recommend that restaurant. It was delicious. And it has a great ambiance and it's roofless. Yeah. Oh, it is. I haven't been there in a while. They didn't pay me to say that. I just wanted to, I just wanted you. 
you know, there are hideaway spots here in Los Angeles. If you don't live here, there something could look like I don't know, like a porta potty on the outside and be completely beautiful be on the inside. Speakeasy. Yeah, it's just like wow, <laughs> it's incredible. What's coming up on the show today? Okay, well, one star of Glee says the show is too problematic to be made today. We dive in, d- in debt, li- de- not in debt, in depth later in the show. <laughs> We're in debt. What does one of the top LGBTQ organizations take away from Biden's State of the Union? And where do we need to focus? The head of the Victory Fund joins us in 30 minutes. Up first, though, has some of the reporting in Ukraine left you triggered when they mention refugees being a certain color or from a certain continent? We're going to be speaking to one of the top experts on journalism and bias in 10 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. The same day that Florida uh, in the House, the Florida House of Representatives passed the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, former Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger retweeted President Biden's criticism of the hateful bill. Disney has directly supported the lawmakers behind the bill. What? Yeah, a fact that hasn't escaped Emmy Award winning filmmaker Abigail Disney. When asked on Twitter why Disney donated these politicians money, she didn't. Um, you know, temper her disdain. She said, I could not be more unhappy with their political activities, both in terms of whom they fund and how they lobby. Which means that the check was already cashed and we've already used it on the next Disney film. And Disney owns ABC and Hulu. Well, yeah, the thing is they are in Florida, as we know, so they probably have at a certain point uh, put money towards some of those politicians, unfortunately. But that's the great niece of Walt Disney. That's where the ballots went. Yep. In 2000. (laughs) Now, President Biden called on Congress to confirm his Federal Reserve nominees that have been stalled in the Senate after Republicans boycotted votes, ultimately leaving the president's five picks in limbo as key decisions on raising interest rates near. And here is White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. I think it's important to remember what is happening here. The Republicans are not showing up to a committee vote. If one of them showed up, there'd be a quorum to have a vote and there are enough votes to move her past the committee. That's what's happening. They're not doing their job here, which is just to show up. They don't have to vote for her. They just have to be in the room, which is essentially what people have elected them to do. So we stand by all of our nominees. We're continuing to engage uh, with um, uh, with Senator Brown on moving them forward. Uh, and certainly we believe at this moment when inflation is on the minds of Americans, when rising costs is on the minds of Americans, one thing uh, that the Senate could do is confirm these nominees. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment? Nushar. Well, are, are you all familiar with Nailed It on Netflix? You know, hosted by Nicole Byer. It's like a cooking yes, show. Yes, we had a, f- a friend on Dr. that show. Dr. John, right? Yes. He won, friend too. Of the show. They wow. won. Oh, they won? Yeah, they won, I Oh, believe. I never watched their Me neither. I watched clips. I, I watched you clips. all, in fairness, I don't like competition shows. I like ensemble. Nevertheless, but production on Netflix is Nailed It Halloween, which is a new franchise, was shut down Tuesday after crew members on the cooking competition show went on strike mm. in a bid to join Now, how do you pronounce, like this acronym is I-A-T-C-E, but isn't it pronounced a certain way? Yahtzee. Yahtzee. Thank you. Now, according to Deadline's report, Netflix and producers decided to stop production halfway through the season rather than meet with the crew members who walked out. The four episodes that were finished are expected to run this upcoming fall, but there's no word from Netflix if this means the end of Nailed It. And I should mention, approximately 50 people on the crew walked off. Wow. Wow. This is season seven because of union disputes. 
fifty. They had to. Sh- they had no choice yeah. but to well, shut I mean, it down. Well, I mean, everything going on with Ahatsi, um, you know, the the union, yeah. Yeah. everything going. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said yeah, Ahatsi yeah. or Yahtzee. I, I, Yahtzee. No, I saw Yahtzee. The game. No, baby, that's a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but oh, it okay. sounds like it. You know, um, with everything going on, I understand what people. You know, they're taking their the union stuff really serious oh, at yeah. this point. Because like, I'm tired of being overworked ex- and underpaid exactly. and working for Netflix and being yeah. not unionized. Sorry, but like that's crazy. Netflix should have a new rule. At that level, you're making that much money. You're not like a startup. Well, we'll see how this unfolds, and that's the T-Report for this hour. Okay. Well, next up on the show, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the coverage of the Ukraine and why many people are calling it out as racist. That's next. A lot of coverage about Ukraine has caused outrage online, and the only word that comes to mind when describing it is, well, racist. This isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan. This is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European. These are prosperous. These are prosperous middle class people. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. These are not refugees from Syria. These are um, Christians. They're white. Okay, uh, joining us right now is Dr. Danielle Brown, Professor of Journalism, Diversity and Equality at the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Well, when you hear that clip, which is a compilation that we found online from The Recount, uh, including uh, one soundbite from a CBS News senior foreign correspondent, what do you think? I mean, there's a, um, first of all, there's a a lot of uh, amnesia going on about the uh, (laughs) how how the world has worked and why people can prosper. Um, but I think most importantly, um, that that's a racist, right? There's a bunch of dog whistles that are being, um, that are undercoating some of what they're saying, but, but it's pretty explicitly racist. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, if they are just like listening to a clip or watching the news, Explain those dog whistles. What stands out to you that automatically deems this as like, okay, this is not right. This is racist. What should we be looking out for when it comes to that kind of coverage? Sure. I think, you know, just centering um, centering a perspective where there is um, uh, a history, right? I think there is a history that we can't forget, and there is, and it's very close, right? <laughs> Um, so just a modern history that, that we know is also attached to news media and the press. Um, and that history is um, is complicated and is talking about refugees and immigrants as if they are aliens. We went through a very long uh, process of removing that word to some degree um, from formal journalism language, but it still it remains in our politics. But, um, you know, knowing that this history, it took a long time to start saying undocumented or um, and not having legal status. We were talking about immigrants in the United States especially. Um, but also when we're when we're talking internationally, people who um, are, are, are in other countries that are not in Europe, um, people who are black and brown tend to be uh, described or demonized. Um, they tend to be uh, uh, portrayed as if they could be criminals. Right there, there's a there's a criminality to immigration mm-hmm. that has existed for a really long time and to refugeeism. Um, and when we look, we turn to the current situation. What we're seeing is that not totally not existing. Right? <laughs> you know, these are these are children and mothers and, and fathers, all of which existed in all the other scenarios. These are, you know, doctors and lawyers and they're hurt and they're they just want to be safe. They just want their families, which was the same in all of those other scenarios too in the past. 
And so I think really the way to identify it is to look to say, here is this description of, of people who, um, who uh, that, is, that is, bla- it is very explicitly different than we've seen in the past. Um, and there's also, you know, sort of an erasure of anybody else being of color <laughs> coming from that particular country. If you're just now tuning in, we're in conversation with Dr. Danielle Brown, who's a professor professor of journalism, diversity and equality at the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. Now, I have to ask, because I'm someone who went to J school and I've noticed that there has been a, a turn, really, um, with the way journalism is done versus the way I was trained, like the way that it's done today. What do you have to say as far as how a lot of journalists are now really pundits, like they're shedding their opinion on things because a lot of this racist talk, I don't believe that these journalists are really even conscious of some of the biases that they're throwing out there and broadcasting. So what do you have to say about the current state of journalism today as far as opinion being involved? I think we need to start very be, start being very clear about the difference between journalists um, and commentators, right, um, and pundits at some degree. But, um, you know, in broadcast, we have seen a lot of sort of off-the-cuff commentary that we wish would not have existed. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in the 24-hour news cycle, people are expected to say things off the top of their head. And a lot of times that means they're not well thought. I mean, it's a, that means they're not well thought out. Um, and they expose a lot of times those implicit bias, biases that people either know they hold and think they don't or don't know they hold at all. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that, you know, anytime we're asking someone to comment off the cuff um, to uh, provide more ex- explan- or more um, details about something and they're pulling something from their head, <laughs> it's, it's, one of, it's just, you know, facts that they can mutter off um, to sound and to fill the void. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of that is, just, is, is, a, is a function of us having news available all the time. But the other part is, uh, you know, journalists, um, especially in, in cable news, uh, there, there is a popularity and a celebrity to journalism as well mm-hmm. that can't be um, denied. And those that drive in that <laughs> tend to have more opportunities to bring their uh, opinion to the forefront. Yeah. And what's your hope for, I guess, the, the companies that are hiring these individuals? What, what should they be doing in this case? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's a lot of responsibility both in the question askers um, and in uh, the journalists. It's, it's hard to say um, that any particular training will prevent anyone from saying mm-hmm. anything that's yeah, right. harmful to someone online. But I think, um, but I think that you know, I, what I hope is that news organizations find ways to um, use the opportunities where they've messed up to, to, to fix that in the future, right? Like yeah. um, to, to use it as an example to which they can um, move forward in the future and to learn how to apologize. That's true. Um, and, and, and equitably respond for their um, audiences. Definitely. Well, that was Dr. Danielle Brown, Professor of Journalism, Diversity and Equality at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. Thank you so much for being here for this. Thanks for having me. All right, what's coming up next, Ryan? Well, what does one of the top LGBTQ plus organizations take away from Biden's State of the Union? Because we are still talking about it, and what do we need to focus on? That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, we are all still thinking about Pre President Biden's State of the Union, right? But I think for us here at Channel Q, what... What is it are they really doing? What is this administration really doing for the queer community moving forward, especially in the midst of all the anti-trans legislation going on? So we had to call up one of the top LGBTQ organizations to find out their big takeaway from the speech and is Biden doing enough? But before we get into that, let's throw to um, our clip of Biden speaking directly to the community and trans kids. For our LGBTQ plus Americans, let's finally get the Bipartisan Equality Act to my desk. The onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans and their families. It's simply wrong. And I've said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. All right. Well, Mayor Anise Parker, the president and CEO of the LGBTQ Victory Institute and LGBTQ Victory Fund is here with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Really happy to be with you. And let me just say right off the bat, it is it's so nice to have a president who sounds presidential oh, yes. when he speaks. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I can hear you oh speak all the time. You sound yeah. so incredible already. I'm I'm excited about this conversation. Well, I mean, yeah, it was most definitely a a, a, a turn, and uh, it felt so wonderful to not have to worry that the president wasn't going to say something that was going to continue to harm our community, right? We have someone up there that was actually speaking directly to us. But as, you know, the president and CEO of the Victory Institute and the Victory Fund, what were your thoughts overall about um, the State of the Union? Did he cover everything you wanted him to cover? He did, but the the challenge that we all face and we all have to recognize is that he's one man. He's He's the most powerful man in the world, but he is one man. And in order to get the real protections that we deserve, uh, we have to make sure that the legislative bodies that actually pass legislation are uh, favorable to us. And most of the attacks on our community, particularly the attacks on the trans community, are coming in state legislatures. Mm -hmm. There is nothing the president can do about that unless the uh, Congress passes the Equality Act, and uh, standardizes non-discrimination protections across the country, then the Justice Department can, can weigh in and, and help enforce that. But, but what we have right now, because the, you know, the, the right-wingers in, in Congress have refused to allow the Equality Act to go forward, it devolves to the state, and the state has just gone nuts in terms of uh, ongoing attacks on our community, particularly the trans community. I mean, the uh, some, one of the most egregious, the so-called "Don't Say Gay" bill in in Florida. Uh, talk about a throwback. Yeah. I mean, it was when I was growing up. I'm 65 years old. When I was growing up, "Don't Say Gay" was the order of the day. No one said it. We we've all thought that we have gone way beyond that. But yeah. what, it, what it shows us is that if we take her off the ball, if we take things for granted, that very quickly things can devolve. Yeah, definitely. But with that said, if if the president can't influence anything on the state level, wh- what happens? Because at a certain point, I feel like um, these types of laws are just it, it's, it's just not right and it's discriminatory. So I, can't at a federal level someone step in? The short answer? No. Uh, I mean, we are a nation. We are a nation of laws, and yes, the Justice Department under Biden is absolutely committed to protecting our rights in those areas where where they can act, where federal law prevails. But m- most of the discrimination and most of these discriminatory laws are happening at the state level, and that is the, the you know the nature of our democracy is that. Uh, States' rights can can trump in a lot of areas. Uh, the most effective thing that we can do is to be engaged. The worst thing that can happen is for Biden to lose the very precariously held uh, House and the and the divided Senate. Uh, Senate. If 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 we lose uh, you know, one senator, not that we get everything we want. But at least it's 50-50 right now. But if the you know, progressive side loses one senator and if we lose a handful of members of Congress, it's not that Biden can't get his agenda passed. It is that uh, those on the right will begin to try to introduce some of these same bills in Congress to come after us that they're using at the state level. We have to get in- engaged. We have to be involved in our local 
races for the state house, and we have to be involved in these races for members of Congress. And anybody, I mean, I had we had a, a election in Texas on on Tuesday, our primary election victories. We did the happy dance. We had twenty two people on the ballot. They all advanced, but we still have November to yeah. get through, and we have races all over the country. And every one of us has a responsibility to be registered to vote, to show up to vote, and to be involved in local races for people who care about our community and are willing to advocate for us. Totally agree. Local elections matter. I scream it until I'm blue in the face every chance that I get. (laughs) So really quick, quickly, because we have to wrap, you know, uh, Biden spoke in his State of the Union address uh, about this, you know, bipartisan bills to kind of bring us all together. In your professional opinion, what do you think the likelihood of something like this actually happening is going to look like with the right and the left coming together to ensure that all Americans are, as he said, you know, given their God-gifted, God-granted right to succeed? I don't know how LGBT rights became a partisan issue. There's no, there's no logical reason for LGBT rights to be a partisan issue and for our community to be a football. Uh, but the only re- way this goes forward in a bipartisan manner is for us and our friends and our allies stand up and dare I say it, put the fear of God into those on the right who want to attack us. Uh, They have to be afraid politically. Right now, uh, Trump dominates the politics of the right. And I'm not going to say Republicans because Trump is not a Republican, but he dominates the politics of of the right and they're catering to him. What we as a, you know, as progressives, as people who care about human rights, uh, we need to make sure that we carry as much weight and that they respond to us as well. Mm-hmm. And whether they're on the, the left or the right, they have to understand that as a voting block, we're going to be engaged and, and we're going to uh, hold them accountable for how we are treated. President, yeah. The president hasn't done everything I've wanted him to do, but he is one man. And the reason that this is not passing has nothing to do with the president. It has to do with our responsibility to put the right people in office. Well, I mean, yeah, the president is one man, but I, I have to say that the Victory Institute and the Victory Fund does an incredible job to, with making sure that there are plenty of queer LGBTQ folks and um, and leadership in politics actually yeah. leading the way. And so I really want to make sure we're highlighting that. And you have about 30 seconds if you want to talk a little bit about will, that and uh, how it's helping. That is all we do. That is all we do. Victory doesn't, we really don't lobby. We don't do policy. We do people. We try to put LGBT leaders in appointed and elected office office, but we're also very aware that it's important for us to be there. Our democracy is stronger when we're included, particularly trans people right now, because if if they're the ones most under attack, but we're never going to be a majority. We have to have allies. Mm -hmm. And, but all of us joining together, we can win this. And, and, you know, the, we're losing battles. The war is won. The Gen X's and the millennials, they're way past this. But they're not in charge yet. We have to give them an opportunity to do the right thing. You know, I can't wait to have you back for the primaries coming up midterms because we really want to make sure we're always amplifying everything you all are doing. Mayor Anise Parker, the president and CEO of the LGBTQ Victory Institute and LGBTQ Victory Fund. Thank you so much for being on Let's Go There. All right. What's coming up? Well, someone took over Texas Governor Greg Abbott's website. And, well, the results are hilarious. (laughs) Next. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is going on? Up so we have a. Charge <laughs> Sal joins us on the third mic here. Happy Friday. Producer Justin, what's this song? I mean, it's only Friday I'm in Love by The Cure. <laughs> yes. And I was in love with the conversation we had about two seconds before we went on the air, and thankfully no one heard that. I feel like there's <laughs> laughing gas coming through the vents because all of us are very, very giggly today. You but know? I hope I'm bringing some light. I hope we're bringing some light to the listeners. Ooh, it's wild. It's been a long week. You know, we need some laughs. We need like the Big Brother camera so you can like go watch a live stream and wa- True. watch not us have the mics in the on middle. You know what? Now, I, that would be the real wait, show. That's the real show. You know show. what I did that with? Like in the past, Loveline, when it was on K-Rock actually, mm. they would have a live stream and I would uh, go watch. Like I, if I was listening in the car and then I got home and I was really into the convo, I would check out the live stream. Oh, oh. wow. See, I like that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. we need to spice it up around here. Yeah. Let's let's get some let's get Turn some on. So what is it called? The ring cam. What's let's go there going on. You know? <laughs> I don't know. There's moments I want people to see and sometimes I don't. I bet you that's more often than not. Okay, coming up. (laughs) We are less than a month away from April 15th, so what can we do to get the most out of our tax refund? A certified financial professional joins us. I still got to file mine. If I even get one. I got to file mine. I always own. Uh, yes, and if you're not doing it on time, at least delay. What's it called when you can delay the date? Extension. Extension. We'll find out. <laughs> We're going to find out how to do it. <laughs> I feel like we talk about this every year as if like, oh, this is something new. Yeah, sure. Still like, <laughs> what's that thing called when you need more time? <laughs> okay, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. Students across Florida have organized class walkouts uh, to protest the Don't Say Gay Bill under consideration by the Florida legislator after an image spread on social media calling for students and schools to participate in the statewide action. The walkouts are taking place also as LGBTQ plus activists protest Walt Disney World for not taking a stance against the bill despite holding commercial pride events like Gay Days annually. They gotta say something. I mean, this is this is crazy. This is gonna yeah. Be bad. This is this is weird, especially because Disney owns ABC and Hulu, and I believe FX. Like it just it feels it feels a little strange. It's because they you know they're trying to not play the quote unquote political game. But when companies get their money involved with politics, you have no choice there, but yeah, to exactly. And they are there. They're set up there. They're probably getting some incentives and they're very close to the governor. So they probably said they weren't going to say anything, but being called out. Now, heading... Which is so annoying because Disney Uh, World is so much better than Disneyland. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. It really is. It's a bit overwhelming for me. There's so many places to go. Which is why it makes it so much better. Disneyland is something like you have fun if you're six. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Like, it, it feels like it's for yeah. kids. Disney World feels like it's for all it's of everybody, us. everybody. The yeah. kid and everyone. So, <laughs> let's, Disney adults are still weird. Let's move on I to agree. New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Eric Adams, uh, after lifting vaccine requirements for businesses and mask mandates in schools, had this to say. We have become so boring as a city. I want all my parades back. Every one of them. It is time for us to enjoy our city again. All of these no's, no's, no's. We, be, we become a city of no's. I want to, to become a city of excitement. Hey, that's a motivational what? speech. I mean, okay, yeah, I guess everyone dying and dealing with a, oh. a, a pandemic is boring. Like, what is he talking about? Like, I don't know what is in the, the water in New York voters, but y'all really have to, like, pick better and, and it's want so, better. It's so thinly veiled. Like, he's purposely vague, but it's also like, hello, knock, knock, knock. Is anyone at home? Yeah. Have you not been paying attention We're to the state of the world for the past 24 months or so? It's Stop just gonna, saying no. I don't know. I'm just 
I'm still very like I'm ex- I'm happy we're moving forward, but I'm a little I'm still a little nervous about the fact oh, that yeah. you know the these mandates are being lifted. It's just you know we have to slowly do these things, but it seems like we're just ripping off the bandaid and going for it. Yeah, we are money, money, money. That's yeah. the name of the game. And finally, uh, people around the world are booking rooms in Ukraine on Airbnb as a way to donate money directly to residents. It comes after Airbnb announced on Thursday it was waiving all guest and host fees for all bookings in Ukraine. I don't know if you've seen that online, but that's what people are up to to help the citizens. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Well, OnlyFans has taken a sharp turn recently. Like, I'm like... Let me before I start this, what do you know OnlyFans for, Ryan? What I used it for this morning. Which is what? <laughs> Porn. Pornography? <laughs> what about you, Cheryl? I support artists. <laughs> Okay, girl. No, actually, I, I'm, uh, I have never paid on OnlyFans. Like, I know it, and I've watched the documentary, but not a user does. Yeah, I like to give people at least thirty days. Well, the company wants about. you to know that it's more than just a place for Ryan's morning activities. <laughs> on Thursday, the popular subscription platform announced a new program meant to highlight rising talent in the fashion industry. OnlyFans creative. Fashion Fun Edition. It's searching for talented fashion designers and stylists and award winners to win cash and mentorship, which I think is so interesting. I should note that there is $50,000 on the line and Law Roach, who we all know is a celebrity stylist, he's on HBO Legendary, will be serving as a judge. So will you all be tuning into the OnlyFans I guess Project Runway meets OnlyFans, whatever that Probably like. not. I probably won't be, because I just don't want to. There's so much other better fashion content that I'm interested in yeah. uh, from that show on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, Heidi and Tim Gunn. I love that. And then uh, I sometimes watch the one on Netflix with uh, the guy from Queer Eye and uh, Alex. Okay, well, I do want to note that first place wins $50,000, and the second and third place will win $25,000 each. Now, entries close. You all still have time. If you want to submit on the OnlyFans, entries close on March 21st. I I like innovative ways to market shows. Like I think it's cool they're using OnlyFans for this. It's it's certainly an interesting choice. Certainly, certainly an interesting choice. It's gonna be so. on OnlyFans. I believe so. No, I believe so. Not sure. Boring. But that's the T report for this hour. Okay. Well, coming up next, Char says so. Char said what? We are do is that next hour? That's right now. We do this every week when Char is here, where Char chooses something to talk about. Char chooses something to talk about. So what is it, Char? Okay, so I guess I'm leading this segment as well. Shira, when do you feel most productive in the day? Well, I don't want to reveal it now. Not now. (laughs) Like, are you a morning girl? Are you a... What are you? I will reveal it after this. All right. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Well, the time of day that you're most productive says a lot about you and your personality. So I posed this question before we went on break. Shira, Mm -hmm. when do you feel most productive in Uh, the day? Is it more? Are you more of a morning person, afternoon? Are you a night owl? I think I feel like I'm not morning or night. Like I could... I feel like I could do productive things, but I don't feel necessarily the most energized. Meaning when I, like in the morning, when I force myself to get up and I actually do things, I feel like I get them done Mm -hmm. and I'm very clear headed. Okay. Right? But I'm not naturally like the person that's waking up at that time. It takes a lot out of me. Uh, That said, I feel like sometimes later in the afternoon, if I've been too busy throughout the day, I'm not at my tip top shape. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. For me, it just... It's like, I would say 1 p.m. or so, right? Like a so midday. You're an afternoon. I think a midday, yeah. Afternoon. That's more so afternoon. What about you, Ryan? I'm a 6 a.m.er. I get up immediately um, and I am out of the bed. I have a schedule because either Coco wakes me up or I'm like just waking her up to mm-hmm. take her out. So luckily, I feel like having a dog kind of makes you have to get out of yeah. the bed. And you got a responsibility. Um, but for the most part, like I try to do all my work in the morning. I think because yeah. of my, um, most of my career was like in corporate settings. So mm-hmm. I would be at a desk at a certain time and you would have to be productive. Mm-hmm. And that has, even as my career has changed, that has stayed with me. So mornings for me are like the time and then I'm even like I feel like we do this show and then after work you know, I'm I'm dog tired. I'm like I'm ready to, you yeah. know, just relax. But and oftentimes just chill. you're still burning the midnight oil. It's still working. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I what's strange is that I'm a six AM girl typically, but post lockdown, not so much anymore. I'm still very much a morning girl. Yeah. I always say that I like doing like appointments and stuff. Like I just got comfortable going to the gym in the afternoon. I yeah. like if I'm going to go get an oil change or my hair done or my nails done, I like being there as you're twisting the key to unlock the business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right behind that you. Is such a mother of two type of thing. I like being in and out. I don't like being inconvenienced because someone did something. Now we're an hour behind schedule. I got things to do. But like I said, post lockdown, I've been kind of, instead of 6 a.m., I'm more so 10 a.m. I understand that. I think post lockdown, especially with everything that's just been happening in these past few years, there are more moments where some days I don't even want to get out of the bed in the mornings. Like, I'll be Mm -hmm. up at 6 a.m., but let's be real. I'm not getting out of the bed, you know, until like around seven like because sometimes you just need to wake up and then just like just I don't know just lay there sometimes yeah. that's, what I do. that's what I do literally just lay there and then you'll get up yeah the mornings for me now it's not about being productive in the morning it's more about taking time for me so when you said the word productive like the mornings are actually very important for me but they're well, not important the- for like doing work it's right, more work on me that's that is I, mean, I am talking about productivity you just so happen to be afternoon ryan and i are morning for yeah. the most part yeah. but like so, so yeah it's a different type of 
productivity because I feel like that that time though is a time for yeah just not work it's more like my own personal time yeah I'll I'll spend about an hour in bed before I turn on Good Morning America and yeah. make me some breakfast and that mm. might come from school and stuff but it says that if you're a morning person you're very orderly your <laughs> yeah. life is fully organized <laughs> and by the time Always. you get to work you know exactly what you're going to do and how much time you have mm. to do it yeah. you're more so of an afternoon person you tend to start slowly but <laughs> yeah. once your engine starts running you can't be stopped That's you me. have an enormous energy supply I do sometimes, but sometimes I don't. I sometimes do, yeah. but I do also. I'm like an energizer bunny, but the minute I'm tired, I like hit a wall and it's like done. Is that just ADHD? Probably. Well, <laughs> you know, like adult ADHD, it's a real thing. Well, Parkinson's law, if you all have ever heard of it, it, it talks about the breadth of your work and where you have the most, um, where you have the most energy. And I came across this article on Huffington Post uh, where Lisa Vanderkam was uh, interviewed, and she is the author of Off the Clock, Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done. She said by 2 p.m. or so, you're more likely typically to feel, uh, to be free of this onslaught of like Slack notifications. We don't use Slack here, but I have oh, I used... use it. I, I still use it. Well, I'm saying for Odyssey, yeah, for we don't have yeah. it here. I use it as well. I'm part of a group, but I'm not... I don't feel obligated to use it because mm-hmm. I hate Slack. Like, Slack is a trigger for me hearing that sound. Um, but but we still deal with Slack and, and Gchat pins and things like that. So if you are working in the evening, you have a different circadian rhythm. You yeah. sleep differently. You work differently. Yeah. But I don't... Do, like, you, are, do you feel like... Uh, and here's something I still deal with. Like Because even on weekends, for me, mm-hmm. I have a hard time... Which and I talked about this. I have a hard time kind of redefining what productivity looks like for me, where yeah. even if I'm not as productive, I don't like bash myself for not being productive. Oh, I had right? to learn that. How, are we still <laughs> dealing with that? Like, are we, especially even during the weeks, like, the, like I, it's beautiful that we can give ourselves, like, a, you know, maybe we can lay in the bed for a few minutes, but like, are you, are you, how have you adapted to not being so hard on yourself if you're not feeling as productive? Well, I acknowledge that productivity looks different day to day. Even if you do have a set schedule, your productivity and how you approach exactly. things typically looks different day to day because we're not machines. We're humans mm-hmm. with full range of emotion yep. and full range, full ranges of energy. So I've learned to just to really lean into giving myself the grace of that, especially as a freelancer, because oftentimes it can feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. But no, I'm doing enough, oftentimes more than enough. And it's just a matter of the puzzle pieces coming together to make sense. Yeah. So I don't I don't trip over that anymore. But there are rare early days that go by where I don't do anything because I do typically have things to work yeah, on. Yeah, I think it's about creating like a list for you. Like if you have your big goals, it's saying, okay, well, what do I need to do this week or today to even take one step towards that goal? Yeah. Right? And that could be like one email. It could be one meeting. It doesn't need to be like, oh, it means A business like, plan. Yeah, sit you've down done like crazy. But like for me, I'm very into, okay, I need to, in order to get accomplished that, I need to do this today. Did you learn that because of the pandemic? Oh no! I've always what? been been this With way, what? a little For worker what? bee. As far as like oh, really yeah. scheduling your life, like yeah, that. I've always actually done that. Even though I'm not like that morning person, like I tend to schedule it. Like it needs to be in my calendar. It needs to be on my list, or else it's just not going to happen. And I I'll sit up at night and pre write emails and schedule send them for like five thirty a.m. the next day, so that when I yeah. do wake up, hopefully I have a reply. You're like the only person it, I know that uses the scheduling. I, oh, I, sc- I, I've, I live I've by recently it. started that. I live so by it. I've recently started, especially it. when you're corresponding with people on the East Coast. I live by it because they're already up so by the time we get up two hours later we have a response well, 6 a.m. There is East Coast you go. Time still. I'm just saying we 
6 a.m. our time is what time for them? 9 a.m.? Yeah. It's, it's a three-hour difference. It's also because if you're doing emails at 11 p.m., you don't want to be that crazy person sending me emails at 11 p.m. Which is me. Which is me. Exactly. But that's uh, Char says so for the week and can't wait to do it again next week. Yeah. And, and, and literally, you elaborate on stuff like this on Sundays with Char, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I do. I touch on it. Well, speaking of productivity, tax season coming up. What you need to know and the things you might be missing, right? You're not thinking about that's next. Tax season is coming up April 15th. We talk about this every year, but... <laughs> and but, I just wish the United States just just send me the bill. Send me, like, yeah, I, it's such a trap this. to have us do our own mathematical equations every year. It's such a trap. Like, just send me the paperwork of, like, this is what you owe or this is what you don't owe or here's your refund check. It would take nothing for the government to do that. Where are the banks for all the percentages they take from us and all that? Hello. You know, they should do that for us. They have access to the money. Okay, joining us is Ryan Victory, certified financial planner, uh, and also runs at LGBTQ underscore money on IG. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so I guess, what do we need to know this year that's different? I mean, we talk about tax season every year. Yeah, so, well, first I'll start by saying in a perfect world, your tax refund is going to be $0. That would mean that you've paid in exactly what you owe to the government and you're not giving them what's ultimately a free loan because that's what tax refunds basically giving the government uh the government giving you back what's rightfully your money but with that said there's a few things you can do now before you file your taxes so first um look at an ira contribution you've got mm-hmm. until the tax filing deadline to contribute up to six or seven thousand dollars depending on your age into an ira you have no employer sponsored retirement plan or if your income is below a certain level, this contribution is likely to be uh, tax deductible, which would increase your refund by up to about $1,000 or so, which is pretty good. Um, I'd say also look at your, if you have a health savings account or HSA, if you're eligible for an HSA, a great option is to max out those contributions. That's going to be about $3,600 for an individual. Okay, so Ryan, um, yeah. I love that you are so smart in all of this, but I have no clue what you're talking but H- about. Wait, I know the Roth IRA. What was the second one you mentioned? HSA. 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 Yeah, can you get into that? Because that's one I feel like not yeah. as many people. Well, thank you. I was literally just going to say that, Shira. <laughs> yeah, so a health savings account, that's going to be, if you're eligible for that, if you have a high deductible health care plan through your work. So if you have a higher um, deductible for your health care, basically. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, who does that for you? Like, do you have to get uh, a planner like you, or is there a site you go to? Yeah, so you can go to like Fidelity, HSA Bank dot com. Uh, lots of places uh, online can do HSA, and an HSA is great because it's tax deductible, and you can use the funds tax free for any qualified health expenses. Okay, so Ryan, you are a, a certified financial planner. I just, listen, do you have any tips for me? I'm a freelancer. I, I work a lot of non-traditional jobs. I do keep an Excel spreadsheet of everything, you know, gross pay, net pay, all that fun stuff, since some yeah. of the stuff is direct deposited. How can it, are there any ways that I can file taxes easier than I guess what I'm already doing since I don't have a uniform, consistent home base? Well, I would say that in your situation, I would definitely hire someone just because if you're self-employed, there are a lot of different ways, a lot of different credits and deductions you could qualify for. And, and what I always tell people is that if you're in a more complicated situation, then 
I would definitely hire someone to do your taxes because you're likely going to get the, recover the cost of hiring someone back through those extra oh. credits or reductions, most okay. likely. Oh, well. But it's very specific to everyone's situation, so I can't give you any, you know, yeah, advice. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. All right, that's nice to know. I have heard that I can get returns on like things that I, you know, you buy a pair of eyelashes. It's a business expense for if you're yeah. hosting something. Yeah. So one thing for this year that is going to go away next year, I believe, mm-hmm. is um, you can deduct up to $300 of qualified charitable donations. So that's going to be like, you know, Goodwill or your favorite charity. Um, even if you, uh, you know, uh, bake something for a bake sale, the ingredients that you bought are mm-hmm. tax deductible. It's kind of funny. So uh, that, that's a good one for, for almost anyone who has any type of charitable inclination. Nice to know. Yeah, tell us more about your Instagram at LGBTQ underscore money and the importance of having these conversations across, you know, different communities who might not have been included in these conversations in the past. Yeah, my goal with the Instagram is to just inform the community um, and just kind of educate on this important topic of finances. Because I feel like it's a very big gap in people who are very wealthy versus people who are not wealthy at all. So I wanted to have that access to all and just really try to you know, make sure people are aware of rights that we have, especially if you're you're married or want to get married. Um, That's a big change in the past, you know, decade or so, which is uh, very important. Uh, But yeah, that's really my my main goal with it, just kind of educate everyone and try to figure out, you know, how I can help. Okay, well, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, that was Ryan Victory. Sorry, Vickery. We had the Victory fun on before. (laughs) Uh, Certified financial planner at LGBTQ underscore money on IG. Follow them. Thank you again. Okay, what's next, Ryan? Well, sometimes loving yourself is used as an excuse for negative conduct. Mm. Well, let's talk about those red flags coming up next. Okay, so this in, there's a uh, 2021 article in the Humistic Psychologist that attempted to break down the idea of self-love, finding three main themes. Mm. Self-contact, uh, which is defined as giving attention to oneself. Self-acceptance, defined as being at peace with oneself. Mm. And self-care, defined as being protective of and caring for oneself. Well, that doesn't sound too bad, right? We should all kind of love ourselves, lift ourselves up, Absolutely. all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but despite its popularity, the concept of self-love can be confusing and can sometimes be used as a mask to hide behavior mm. that is actually toxic. I mean, for me, this is all of my my thought process around the wellness space. Yeah, you know what? I As you were talking, I was thinking about uh, the dearly departed LGBT icon, Audre Lorde, the author, mm-hmm. uh, who kind of made self-care popular and yeah. how it's been hijacked and redefined. Yeah, like for she, sure. She definitely has a famous quote that says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, yeah. it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. And that's not yeah. how it's approached today. Yeah. It's been totally remastered. Well, that perspective is probably very intersectional and probably really was yeah. like, I mean, that is like a... She was feminist extra- extraordinaire. Yeah, with the black lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, that this type of conversation comes up with a lot of my talking points when it comes to um, a lot of the, the, the things that I see wrong with the wellness space and how it can be weaponized to not Talk about be it. accountable with your behavior yeah. um, and you 
you know, weaponize it with using certain language to kind of get away from the fact that you're in the wrong. To get away from to, accountability. You need to do what you need to do to change your actions. I, I agree. I agree. I think that anything that you take in extreme is unhealthy, right? So you're this idea of like self-love. It's all about me. Like that's not the point of self-love is obviously to fill your own cup so you can be of service and a purpose to others, to others yes. right? Yeah. And for living in a world where we're all like energy exchange, right? And we're trying to make this world better. It, it does come from making sure you're working on yourself. Yeah. But that said, you know, there's a point where working on yourself um, then connects to what's happening around you also. Like yeah. you thinking that your actions don't have a domino effect on others is ignorant and uh, BS. And that for me isn't what self-care, self-love is about. I mean, I'll bring up a few things that have happened um with me and I think that my own journey I've figured out different things you know I, I've definitely been in the place where I was like self-love might have definitely moved into that territory um, but I work with some folks and like there was one time we were supposed to do something and they're like I don't I don't want to show up they're mm-hmm. like I'm not in the mood yeah <laughs> and I'm like we have an appointment. You're doing you still it like have to honor you still some have things. to honor. There's still something that, about that. And I think it goes hand in hand with having self-awareness, right? Yeah. That's the biggest thing here as it ties into self-love. And I think that a lot of people also just get it wrong. Yeah. Um, we, we are in a society that is very communal, but also very individualistic. And I know that I've fallen prey to this. I talked about it in my essay where I have overextended my empathy because I know what it feels like to get the short end of the stick. But that courtesy hasn't always been extended back to me so right. right now I'm still struggling with you know how people are like you know on the airplane when the a- oxygen happens you put your mask on first and then you you help others yeah. I still sometimes grapple with that because I am so used to like I have my self-serving needs but when I'm in community or when I genuinely love someone or respect or regard someone I typically will go to the end of the earth for them and not saying that I shouldn't do that, but a lot of stuff has to, has to be reexamined because a lot of people are inherently self-serving because that same courtesy isn't extended to me. Yeah, it's all about being self-aware, like you said. So how does that show up in your life, that balance between self-love and being selfish? Let us know at LGT Show <laughs> on social media. Well, next up, breaking news in the sports world and how one sport is helping to protect the LGBTQ plus community. That's next. Yes, we're back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. But right now, we've got more show. Wait, Yay. what's this music, producer Justin? Last Friday night by Katy Perry, of course. Oh, the, fr- the Friday theme. Yes. By the way, have you been watching American Idol? I don't watch, no. but I've seen no. clips. You know, Aretha Franklin's granddaughter was on there and got denied. Katie what? Wa- Katie oh, walked really? off set. She didn't sound was good. Was she huh? bad? She was okay. She wasn't American Idol material. She was very, you know, alto yeah. section yeah. choir, you know. But Katie walked off set. You know they had to get that clip. Yeah. Why didn't she walk off? Just, I mean, if you watch she... it, if you understand TV, you know why she walked off. Yeah, just because, but, you know. It wasn't good? No, it was good. It was okay. good. It just wasn't American Idol good. Yeah, I got she it. Needs, she, she's only 15. She needs some more yeah, training. Yeah, just because, you know, you're, you're, what, your grandmother? Yeah. Is Aretha Franklin. I mean, you are Aretha Franklin. Exactly. It's a lot of pressure. Anyway. Oh, yes. Well, she put herself there. Well, coming up on the show, Jane Lynch talks about why Glee would be canceled if it ran now, what she had to say in 15 minutes, plus what Fantastic Beast star is being ousted from their marketing campaign. Mm. That's in the tea report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. U.S. soccer today passed a ban on discriminatory chanting during all soccer matches it hosts or sanctions in the U.S. The U.S. Soccer Federation Board of Directors passed this resolution 
to adopt a zero-tolerance policy for anti-gay chants, as well as a plan to implement FIFA's three-step protocol at all matches. Okay, you know, it's unfortunate that they've had to do this, but, you know, it's been happening. In addition, the policy must be followed during any international match in the U.S. sanctioned by the uh, the Federation. The resolution now heads to the USF's Rules Committee to ensure it doesn't conflict with any other policies. The Mexico Football Federation also adopted a similar policy in January with a five-year ban for those who chant. The issue, as I mentioned, of discriminatory chances come up in matches involving Mexico's national team, with the Mexico Federation being uh, given multiple fines by FIFA over using these anti-gay chants by fans. So, I'm glad something's being done about that because that stuff is out of hand. Totally. Now, fast food giant McDonald's is under fire for still trading in Russia as the war in Ukraine continues. Dozens of big brand names, including Apple, Nike, and PayPal, have confirmed they are temporarily cutting ties with Russia in solidarity with Ukraine. But other companies have not done anything, like McDonald's and PepsiCo. Wow. Yep. And finally, Ukrainian-born Mila Kunis and husband Ashton Kutcher are doing their part to help those impacted by the current unrest in Ukraine. Here they are announcing a GoFundMe page for victims. The events that have unfolded in Ukraine are devastating. There is no place in this world for this kind of unjust attack on humanity. And while we witness the bravery of the people of the country that she was born in, we're also witness to the needs of those who have chosen safety. We're raising funds to support a relief effort that will have immediate impact and supply much needed refugee and humanitarian aid to the area. The principal challenge right now is logistics. We need to get housing and we need to get supplies and resources into the area. So Ashton and I um, have decided to match up to $3 million worth of donations to Airbnb.org and Flexboard.org through GoFundMe.org. Okay. That is amazing. Yeah. I had no idea Mila Kunis was Ukrainian. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I never thought about what her uh, nationality I was, what I her ethnicity was. Yeah. I'm actually Eastern European. Families like, you know, the t- the territory kept on changing, right? Um, so like, I, there, yeah, it's like e- Ukrainian, basically. I found out that recently as everything was going down. It's crazy. You, I you got, took a test? Like, one of them no, I asked my dad. I was like, are we Austria? Like, Eastern European? I'm like, Austria? What is it? Hungarian? He's like, well, it was different. Like, it's basically Ukraine. Well, I gotta let you know. Time. Ancestry DNA sent me my results, and and I what? got no Ukrainian up what in me, you? but I, I I do have roughly twelve percent of European ancestry. You have never. You were supposed to share that with me immediately. I know. As you got I know. It. And I what's know. the rest? I'm actually quiet. I mean, I'm saying no. We gotta stop. <laughs> she was supposed to it's, sit like she was supposed to tell some, me those results immediately. A, of course, a lot of West African. My ancestors were a part of the transatlantic slave trade that they don't want to teach in schools anymore. Way to bring slavery uh, up on a Friday. Makes you feel uncomfortable, Char. <laughs> I know it makes you feel so uncomfortable, <laughs> but it's it's a it's mostly African up in there. But you know, my family it's different things. My dad has a lot of Caribbean heritage. My wow. mother is very black, but there's Louisiana Creole, Mississippi Creole. It's a lot of stuff going on but for them i'm black okay west african but black american Amazing. fully look at this nose okay <laughs> what's happening at the tier even though that was some tea oh you're gonna hear from me after this segment but go ahead i was having family conversation go ahead, go okay ahead. so fantastic beasts which is a film that i have never seen I have. um is 
under some some critique right now. Fans on Twitter can help but notice that Catherine Watterson, who plays Tina Goldstein, which is the main, the primary love interest, has been missing from pro- the, the promotional assets of the film. And some are speculating it's because that she has been, out of the entire cast, the most vocal in support of trans mm. people. Now, if you know what you know, you know that J.K. Rowling, or is it Rowling? Either way. Either way. She is supremely anti-trans and she has double, triple, quadruple all the way down on her anti-trans stances and being a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Now, um, which I don't even know if I'd label her a feminist. I don't know if that needs to be rebranded. But, uh, yeah, people are pissed and... (laughs) Um, while some fans speculate that her character's absence might is used to intentionally hide plot spoilers for the upcoming film, uh, her own choice, she's made a choice to step away from the franchise due to Rowling's, you know, type, what, what she had to say. But audiences will have to wait until the film's premiere next month on April 15th, which we were just talking about, which is tax day, mm-hmm. uh, to find out just how much or how little she will appear in the film. So I have to ask you all before we go to break, do you all think that her absence is intentional? And if if it is, do you think that it is due to her direct opposition and loud opposition to J.K. Rowling's anti-trans stances? I think all of them are against her She's been the most vocal. But that would suck because then it would just continue to feed into this. So hopefully But what not. do you think? Uh, I, I, I don't think the, they went out of their way to, to cut her out. Hope, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't think uh, J.K. Rowling has much to really do with the franchise even yeah. the spinoffs anymore, so. They kind of talked about um, that. She didn't really have much to do with the no, film. No, it's, it's, it's just the studio. To, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but depending on, you know, if there is a problematic nature to everything that's happening, so probably, I mean, they could Maybe the studio, yes. They, did, like, it with oh, Ar- they yeah. did it with Army Hammer. And in that well, movie that's that he was different. That Wait, different. that is no, totally but, different. But I, I'm just saying. You were talking about apples and oranges earlier. I'm just let's, saying. Let's you know? talk about apples I, and no, bananas. The reason why I bring that up is because a studio <laughs> will cut them. I'll cut true. out yeah. a star if there's too much that's distracting away. That yeah, is the T Report for this hour. Stick around. We got more great show for you. Yeah, Jane Lynch isn't sure Glee could be made today. We'll tell you why next. Yes, out actress Jane Lynch isn't sure that the hit TV show Glee could be made today. She spoke to The Guardian and said, I think there would have been people out there who would have wanted to cancel Sue Sylvester, her character. I don't know that we could have done that show today, and it was only like we started that 10 years ago. Um, Of course, her character was known for bullying staff, students, using stereotypes, insulting everyone. But yeah, what is your your take on that? I was looking at it more because it was very much a, a great show for the LGBTQ community. Yeah, but granted, um, but that doesn't mean it wasn't problematic. Yeah, so this is interesting, and I actually wasn't. I I know Glee, but I wasn't like a huge fan. I don't think I was as big. A oh, fan you're as missing you. out. Glee was a great, great show. Yeah, I like I it. I mean, I watch fun, every episode. Fun fact: I was on Glee. Okay, what? I don't know if you all she know was on that. Glee. What she did you was. do? I was a part of a choir. I was 26 years no old. Way. It was my first Hollywood. It was one of the biggest job. episodes. It was the final season. It's my first real like Hollywood job. It was wow. a cattle call, but I was 26 and like there. I'll pull up the clip and show That's you all. Cool. Off because there. it was an episode revealing like a trans character. Yeah. And it was like a, a huge, beautiful trans choir and Alex Newell. Um, like we, sang, the choir. Know, we sang I Know Where I've Been from Hairspray. So if cool. you're familiar with that song. But yeah, that was my first gig. We filmed it in November 2015 and it aired. 
February 2016. Yeah. I, oh, no, no, no. This was November 2014 and aired February 2015. So here's the beautiful thing, right? Uh, when I was watching Glee, there was, I just, I didn't think about it in a problematic way. I was enjoying Same. like everything I was taking in. It was one of my favorite, favorite shows. I mean, I was mm-hmm. so attached to it because Ryan Murphy, for that time, what he was doing was so groundbreaking for mm-hmm. representation and just also like, even if you didn't have the 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 word language of representation, you just felt connected to the people uh-huh. and the characters of that show. That was my example. Um, but when I go back and watch and look, yeah, Ryan Murphy, girl, if there was a, a, a jail that he should probably be in, he probably should because um, he got a little out of hand with some of the, uh, the 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 jokes, especially from Sue to even the 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 disabled character who had Down syndrome. Like there was a was lot, that Becky. Yeah, there was a lot of um, from even things that when Nene Leakes would come on and be mm-hmm. a coach, she would say some really problematic. Washington. Race. It would be a lot of race, <laughs> like coded racism or even coded homophobia or all of these certain things, which. Yes, the show was great, and it was it's written by a queer person, but there were a lot of things that I, I feel also, like he got a little wrong at the time. Hmm. Oh, I haven't gone back and, and watched Glee. I haven't watched Glee oh, it's since a comfort show. maybe like it. 2016. <laughs> but what I will say is it's a, definitely a show that speaks to the time, and I yeah. don't think, I disagree with Jane Lynch on this, because I don't think people would be, quote-unquote, canceling Sue Sylvester. It's, she's a character, and I don't think that, like, while People would actually her, like Sue. Well, oh, yeah, Honestly, I, Sue was like low like a, a queer icon in the sense like well, that's and, she feel, and she's exactly how I feel about every WeHo gay. She's dry, like, sarcastic. She, yeah, she's dry, and she would literally call out people in jock straps and all the like yeah. funny, like she would call it out and, and I think it's And what we can't take away from is even though the character might be looked at as problematic there was a certain, I think universal humor with her character. Yeah, Not you knew it. With the jokes, it was smart. Remember the Madonna episode yeah. when she did, when she recreated Vogue and things. So I think that Ryan Murphy although it was problematic I think that it was a it was kind of a dosey do because you you then had like themed episodes like oh this is said that this was problematic but this is the Britney episode and yeah. everybody's doing hit yeah. me baby one more time so I don't know I don't agree with her that Sue Sylvester would have been uh, canceled well, there, though you don't think some things that she said because it was offensive they would have said there you need a wrangle in this character no here's what I think I think if Sue was if the if Glee was like rebooted and brought back now I feel like a lot of the characters probably would be dulled down. Down just because a lot of the language and what we see in a lot of reboots are tackling like cancel culture. They're talking about social media culture, and they're they have Che Diaz and, on. Yeah, and they're was... bringing in all of these layers that kind of inherently makes it corny, yeah. and, and it kind of like misses the entire picture. Mm. And then it, 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 it tries to make this big message about cancel culture when it's like that's not really it. So maybe in that if if Sue Sylvester was here now talking about current things. I don't, I mean, maybe possibly, but I don't, I just think it wouldn't even, it would just be probably looked at as corny versus her being canceled. Yeah, like two a, different things. Like perf- she's a performative version or like a yeah. amplified version Sue of a Sylvester character like that. literally, Sue Sylvester could go wa- work for Fox News. She's that exactly. type of yeah. personality. But, and they like, would probably they could, do that. that. I mean, Sue Sylvester would probably come in walking win with the Trump hat. She yeah, literally, it's, like a, it's a character. Right, it's a characterization. But then also possibly in the show, imagine the storyline of the kids calling her out, right? Yeah, and, and then would've. creating like a rally against the principal and, they would and have, all that which goes into the corniness of it sometimes because I think sometimes I think the be- the the wonderful thing that I kind of do miss about television when I was growing up and 
I guess it was one of those things where if you didn't have the language or you didn't have the knowledge, mm-hmm. you didn't you couldn't point out certain things. It's like you ate from the tree of yeah. Of you just but when you like now that everything is revealed to you and you yeah. have this knowledge of what's wrong, what's right. You, it's like you can't watch something without calling it out. And sometimes I miss that because mm-hmm. I, I I just enjoyed the the, the moments of, that I felt good in when mm-hmm. I watched Glee. Well, that's why they say ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Because once you, once you, all it takes is one time for you to have to view something for an assignment or something through a critical yeah. lens and you can't and go it's back. It's ruined. It's Everything completely ruined. through a critical lens now. Yeah. Um, everyone's a critic. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. All right, what's it coming up next, Ryan? Okay. Everyone is a culture said, critic. Oh, girl, that Everyone's- was so, that was a hot take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now coming up next, how to plan a trip or dinner with friends of different income levels, honey? This has us like back here talking about well, it. Oh, to yeah. Los Angeles. yeah. So we got some things to discuss coming up next there's a site that's listed out which country has the biggest uh penis in the world uh you know something we've all been waiting for so (laughs) are you are you guinness now shira are you shira guinness i just don't know how they even figured this out to be honest like what's the what's the focus group like they obviously are not going to every single person it's like a certain well then let's just go on a traveling situation go actually do some field research (laughs) now you know this is you know if if a and e or anyone wants to fund me this is a documentary (laughs) national geographic very seriously very seriously so, according to the site mandatory.com, uh, the global average is 5.5 inches. Um, but let's go down the list or All up right. the list. You know. <laughs> but I'm. T- <laughs> so, uh, we'll start from the least to the most. And by the way, we're going to preface. <laughs> it said that in the actual article. Okay, well, but we're trying. Um, we got to be cheeky for, for, for the show, Shira. We're going to talk about the least, you know, to the to the most. Yeah, exactly. Boom. I was just quoting the site. I'm what, sorry. What is this? Howard Stern? What type of radio show do you all have me on today? <laughs> I thought okay. this was a classy party. Starting, starting with... It's Ryan's right, expressions. I'm sorry. Uh, He's killing me over here. We're going to go to number one. It's loading. <laughs> so starting with... Oh, my... Sorry. my. Okay. Can, so starting with uh, Panama yeah. coming in at number 10. They have 6.4 on average. Jamaica is even 6.4. Hungary comes in. Hungary and Bolivia come in at 6.5. Lebanon is 6.6. So it's interesting because it goes, I mean, Who's it's the biggest. It seems like, you know, 6.4. Congo. I was going to wait and bring more suspense to that. The Congo is at 7.1. This conversation for me. Uh huh. Um, when talking about, there's always sensitivities when talking about genitalia. Yeah. And oh, especially absolutely. around size, um, I feel like there can go a, a lot of like shaming in that and it can just fuel conversations and toxic masculinity and, and just like conversations around think, body that it probably isn't necessary. Do you think Sharon um, and I are shaming people? No, I think this article is doing an interesting way when we're talking about just like, I, like what's the purpose it, of uh, reporting about the world's largest penis, it's like bait. average size? It's clickbait. They know they're going to get traffic. Besides clickbait. And That's they basically know, it. They also but know what's it's sensational. It's sensational. It's yeah. sensational. Because I yeah, think it doesn't it doesn't help anything because I, I think men already have such like sensitivities around genitalia. Yeah. And I think it can be it can be something that it's just like 
why even size? Like, who cares? Well, if, people might it's be... about the. It's a, it's not the. It's not the motion in the ocean, right? It's like there's a sand. Yeah, but I don't think that's the context of this. Not I the think size it's, of the it's, boat. it's like anything. If someone was like, oh, um, different things. Like, what's the biggest hands in the world? What's the biggest butt but in the world? What's the biggest about, boobs? Your in the hands world? are not a sensitive topic well, when you're genital. Is. Well, see, maybe is. maybe this is someone you know screwing the patriarchy. Women have been poked and prodded and hey, dissected and continue to be. So it's like you know what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. That's why everyone's laying on these operating tables and, and trying to pop off looking like Kim Kardashian with yeah. a 12-inch waist and a 40-inch hip. Uh, so the smallest is <laughs> um, North Korea, actually. So there you go. Oh, Kim Jong-un. Explains a lot. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Hit it, Ryan. Yes Queen. <laughs> a gay dating app has asked its users to help Ukrainians and they've been blown away by the response. So this is a gay dating app coming out of Germany. It's called Romeo. Okay, and has 3 million members and they created a forum to help people find shelter, right? So the group quickly added 8,000 members in just four days, hundreds offering to help. And yeah, they're connecting people offering up their spare rooms or homes because people have been obviously displaced. displaced. See, I love this because there have been a lot of uh, cigarettes out there. If you know, there's another word for cigarettes. Uh, yes. Um, there have been a lot of cigarettes out there doing really ridiculous things. Um, and I know this is Yes Queen, so I'm going to keep it positive. But Andrew Christian decided to make like these new jockstrap, like our, our, like a one in a, a like a, what's it, like a, a one in a t- one type of jockstrap. Yeah, like an exclusive Yeah, exclusive type. jockstrap where you can buy it and he was going to give the oh, proceeds to and I thought well, wow listen, that, I, I'm disgusted by that that's better than our friend to the show Carmen Carrera who posted bikini pics talking about in the U- Ukrainian oh, see, and that, it's all of that is in the same trash like, bag. Okay? it's like that's in the same garbage can so <laughs> like this, is good. this feels helpful this is good. Yes. And Andrew Christian and all that other stuff y'all are just not understanding the assignment this is good and I must also say I love that name for an app Romeo mm, I feel like yeah. it's so much more tasteful than some of the American apps like grinder yeah. and, and the other one. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what apps I can download in advance before I go to Israel. Well, download <laughs> Romeo. Yeah, just make sure they're safe. Download yeah. Romeo. Romeo's in Germany, I think, but around in Shouldn't Europe. Shouldn't it be all over the place? But it's more, you know, Europe based. But at any rate, yeah. great idea. I hope our our apps could do a similar thing. Now, did they I mean, do the cool. same for Syria? Did Romeo do the same for Syria? Do we know? Uh, I, I, I mean, don't. I'm question. not sure. No, okay. because Best the thing question. is, it's because Romeo is in, like, they have people living close to there. Okay, okay. So they can leave. <laughs> I don't think anyone, I don't know how easy people could leave Syria to go to Port, uh, Poland. I'm, you almost said Portland, didn't Portland. you? Portland. Well, we're going to end on a happy note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, Queen, to the Romeo app and exactly. them uh, helping the displaced Ukrainians. That's great. Yes, Queen. And that also does it for our show today. But we are back Monday, weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Live again. Thanks as always to Sharjah Giselle for joining us. Thanks for having me. And anything to promote or plug? Anything going nope, on? Nope, nope, nope. Just keep your eyes peeled. Okay. Yes, there is. Every Friday, TGIF with Shar. Every Sundays, Sundays <laughs> well, with no, Shar. There is no, there is no Sundays with Shar as of now. But yeah, Fridays. Go to my Instagram at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I run down some There's topics. Always something to promote. But I, I'll, yeah, yeah. And I'm, if, if she's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Add Shar says so on social media. Go follow her. 
Thanks to Ryan here. Girl, this is one of my. This is, we're, this is a half of a show. It's your show and it's my show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. We're sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay and have a beautiful day. Yeah, now we've got some more music right here on Channel Q. Happy Friday. Bye. Have fun. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 